The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Happy 4th of July. Anybody, uh, anybody going to have baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and lemonade? Anybody going to have that? Y'all want to sing that one now? Good to see everybody. What a joy. Y'all are awesome people. And to show up on this Sunday is just an amazing thing for this pastor. I, I love holidays. I love to preach on holidays. It's not easy, but this one's pretty easy. This is a pretty easy holiday to preach about because if you can't love America and you love what we have in America, then Merle Haggard said it real well, and it may not fit your theology, but he said, if you don't love it, leave it. Let this song that I'm singing be a warning. When you're, walking, when you're putting down my country horse, you're walking on the fighting side of me. <laughs> sing it, Merle. I hope Merle made heaven because I want him to sing that song when I get to heaven. And I want him to sing a bunch of songs. It's good to see everybody. We have a, a plethora of guests here today. What a joy to welcome guests here today. Um, uh, it, it's an honor. Robbie, Robbie Ormond uh, has a wonderful guest with him today, a couple named the Andrew Landry family. He is a PGA golfer. We're happy to have them in the house today. Let's give the Landry family a good hand. Vicki's got a cousin here from Oklahoma and her children. Melissa, let's give Vicki's cousin a great hand today for being in the house of God, Melissa. And I have a friend of mine, I have a friend of mine that I've known at Papa Do's forever. And he's waited on me. He's such a good guy. He's a good Joe. He really is. His name is Alex. And with, with him is his sweetheart, Irma. His name is Anderson. Would you give my waiter at Papa Do's a great hand right there? I love you, Alex. You know, it's, what's funny is I've just always loved him. He's loved me, and we've always chatted. But I never invited him to church. Thursday, I said, what you doing this week? I had Brother Larry McGee with me. So what you doing this week? He said, oh, I'm going to come to your place. I said, Okay. I hope he loves it so much he'll sit right there for the rest of his life. What a joy to have him today. What a joy to have him. And we're also very honored today, and, and I want to say this with no hesitation. We're so honored today, and I don't even know where they're sitting, but four-star General Vincent and his wife Carol Brooks are in the house. They, they have a home here. He is uh, he's stationed in Japan, and what a joy to have them uh, General Brooks, where are you, sir? You've got to be around here. Here you are, right here. Would you all stand up? I want you all to stand. This is, this is who we need to salute today, right here. Keep standing, folks. I love you, sir. Wow. Wow. This is my friend. I love you, General. And if I was in the military, I'd want to be stationed where he's at. Because... Uh, He's a good guy, and we're delighted. Carol is Robin Searle's sister, and the Brookses have been attending our church. Every time they come around, come home, they come to CLC, and they worship with us, and it is such an honor. And I want to introduce now, these are not guests. I want to introduce some neat people that have just moved here from Baton Rouge. Please don't hold that go tiger against them. Please don't. These people are pure. They're clean. 
They may, they may root for a different team, but they are family. They're family. And I want to I welcome Royce and Kayla Abair here today with their two children. Would you all stand up, folks? Glad to have you. So happy to have you. It's an honor. It's an honor. Wow. Well, God's good, isn't he? He's a good God. And uh, I, lo I love the fact that this is the 4th of July weekend. I promise I'm going to eat a hot dog. I eat about one a year. And it's usually on the 4th of July. I try to be the joy chestnut of the world and win the Nathan hot dog eating contest, but I just get one down, maybe two. Uh, they say it's bad for you. I don't know, but I don't think once a year God will hold it against you and take you out early. So I'm going to eat a hot dog. Would you mind standing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak a little bit today. And uh, as you're standing over here in the corner is one of my dear friends, Wayne Ahart. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a semi-regular around here. He has... He has a Bible study he does on Sunday morning uh, with a bunch of businessmen. But I love when he comes to CLC. Would you welcome my friend Wayne Ahart over here in the corner. I love you, Wayne. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak today on, on the subject, ring, freedom, ring. I want to talk about that. Galatians chapter 5 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Proverbs 22 says, Do not move the ancient boundary which your fathers have, have set. Ring, freedom, ring. I want to thank Jaron who's done such a red, white, and blue job with my signs today, with my overheads. My son-in-law does well. God bless you. You may be seated. Say, I'm going to help you, Pastor, and you may be seated. Atop the hill in Washington, D.C., stands the Capitol Building of the United States of America. The cornerstone was laid in 1793. The crowning touch is the statue on top of the rotunda known as Freedom Lady that was placed there in 1863. She's 20 feet tall. That's an Amazon lady. A crest of stars frames her face, and a shield of stars and stripes is in her left hand. And she was sculpted in Rome, the lady, then was brought to America aboard a sailing ship. And during a storm in the Atlantic, a captain ordered cargo to be thrown overboard to lighten the load. The crew wanted to throw the heavy statue a freedom lady overboard, but the captain shouted over the wind, no, no, never, never, never. He said, we will flounder before we throw freedom away. We will flounder before we throw freedom away. For me, folks, one word sums up America. It's the word freedom. Anybody glad to be an American today? Anybody? Father was... Father was talking with his rather obstinate son one day, and he said, Every person who lives in the United States is a privileged person. And the boy answered, I disagree. And the father replied, That's the privilege. Because you disagree, and you have a right to disagree. America is a great country. One man said, Only in America do we park on driveways and drive on parkways. Only in America do we put Braille dots on the keyboards that drive up ATMs. Only in America do we handicap, have handicapped parking at the front door of a skating rink. <laughs> Only in America 
When we transport something by car, we call it a shipment. When we transport something by a ship, we call it cargo. <laughs> Only in America do we park $50,000 cars in the street so we can store $500 worth of junk in our garages. <laughs> gotcha. Only in America, the number two pencil is the most popular, but it's still number two. <laughs> Only in America do we have interstate highways in Hawaii. <laughs> And only in America, when everybody's driving slow, we call it rush hour. <laughs> I'm deeply grateful to be a citizen of the United States of America. I may be a throwback, but I consider my United States citizenship to be one of my most prized possessions. My dad fought in World War II to give me this joy that I had and Sometimes he used a belt, sometimes just words. Sometimes it was time out. But I learned to love this country. It's a privilege to be an American. I love the 4th of July. I'm a country boy. And at this time of the year, the corn is usually knee high to waist high, and the watermelons are juicy. And I got one at home waiting on me today. The flags are flying. Fireworks light up the sky. Children ride their bikes, and families picnic together. And churches gather to worship and to sing patriotic hymns like we heard today. Apple pies bake in the oven, the crack of the bat in ballparks can be heard. Unless it's the Texas Rangers, they all strike out. <laughs> and Andy Griffith reruns entertain us. And I love these American traditions, and I want to keep them. It is possible, folks, to keep these traditions if we keep the ancient landmarks that God has established in our country. A chime changed the world on July the 8th, 1776, with the Liberty Bell ringing out from the Tower of Independence Hall. It was the first public reading of the Declaration of Independence by Colonel John Nixon. He prefaced the reading of the Declaration with Leviticus chapter 25, when he said, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof, and make this a year of jubilee. Jubilee was a year when all the slaves got to go back to their original place and all the debts got paid off and all the things that were in arrears came to the front and everything got back to square one. And I think sometimes when we understand really the joy of the liberty that we have, we can walk out of a church today saying, I'm back at square one. I may have a lot of problems, I may have debts, I may have situations in my life, I may have some things that are not going right, but I am back to square one because I am still a United States citizen in the greatest land that ever was or ever can be. Amen? The Declaration of Independence started like this. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth a separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect of the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Then it says we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men, all men are created equal, and they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are, can you say them, life, life. liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The framers of our U.S. Constitution knew and recognized that our freedom, real freedom, is an endowment from God, from God, from God, and nobody else. 
True freedom comes from the Lord and the Lord alone. If there's a lie that's been told this generation, it's that we are not a country founded upon Christian principles of the Almighty God. But today, I want to let freedom ring in this house today. Because I'm preaching to a church who had the same ideology as our forefathers had that founded this nation. We are built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. We're built upon the rock. This whole nation is. Ben Franklin said in 1787 at the Constitutional Convention, I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proof I see of this truth that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, it's probable that an empire, it's, it's, it's probable that an empire can, cannot rise without his aid. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayer imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessing on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed in business. Prayer first, then business. Patrick Henry was quoted like this. His life so dear, a peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. Forbid it, Almighty God. I know what course, I don't know what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The following year, 1776, he wrote this. It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for that reason alone, people of other faiths have been afforded freedom of worship here. James Madison, y'all think I would look like him if I lived back in that day? <laughs> See his receding hairline? I would have my hair rolled like that. I think that would be a cool way to dress. I think that's so cool. I honor you, President Madison. I honor you today. I like your hair. Madison said, we have staked the future of all our political institutions and self-government to govern, control, and sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of Almighty God. George Washington, in his first inaugural address in 1789, said, we must, we must rely on God. He said, the propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right, which heaven itself has ordained. These are men that founded this nation. John Adams, second president, wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson, June 28, 1813. And he said, the general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were this, the principles of Christianity. And he said, Mr. Jefferson, I will avow that I then believe and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and the attributes of Almighty God. Calvin Coolidge, our 30th president, said the foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. In other words, the Bible is still the foundation of what we are all about. Of our first hundred, go ahead and clap. That's all right. I don't mind you clapping. I'm talking about your country too. Of the first 108 universities founded in America, 106 were distinctly Christian, including the first, Harvard University, chartered in 1636. Harvard was begun primarily as a place for educating the clergy. Yeah. In the original Harvard Student Handbook, the rule number one, number one was that students seeking entrance must know Latin and Greek so that they could study the Scriptures right. 
in American public schools from 1690 through 1900, faith was involved in every aspect of learning. The Bible was taught. There was a rhyme even to learn the ABCs. It started like this, in Adam's fall we send all heaven to find the Bible, mine, Christ crucified for sinners died. That's A, B, C, D. That's how you learned it. They don't write textbooks like that anymore. William Holmes McGuffey is the author of the McGuffey Reader, which was used for over 100 years in our public school system, and over 125 million copies were sold until it was stopped in 1963. President Abraham Lincoln called him the schoolmaster of the nation. Listen to the words of Mr. McGuffey. He said, Christianity is the religion of our country. For all those uh, extracts from the Bible, he said, I make no apology. I wish we could still say, I preach the gospel with no apologies today. It's time the gospel is preached like that again in America. Thomas Jefferson was superintendent of the Washington, D.C. school district at the same time he was president of the United States. He had a dual job. Authored the requirement that the Bible be taught in all grades and all classrooms in the Washington schools. Noah Webster, who's the father of American education, said education is useless without the Bible. And Chief Justice Earl Warren in 1954, his latest, 54, he said, I believe that no one can read the history of our country without realizing that the good book and the spirit of the Savior have from the beginning been our guiding geniuses. Let me give you one more great nugget, folks, one more great nugget. I researched this just the other day. There's 433 cities in America, in our United States of America, 433 cities, townships, special places that are named for 40 cities, townships, and places in Israel. We got the names of our towns from the Bible, like Antioch and Zion and Bethany and Jerusalem and Lebanon and Salem and Shiloh. Jerusalem even has the USA in the middle, (laughs) J-E-R-U-S-A. Those cities were not found in somebody's mind. They were found in the Bible. So somebody lives in a place called Jerusalem or Lebanon. I might be hard for them to say, wow, where'd they get that name? Oh, he'd be put down in a hurry, wouldn't he? When was the last time America was called a Christian nation? The 50s, the 60s? It was also the time of the church's last great period. So what happened? What's happened to go from a Christian nation to a politically correct, try to please everybody nation that we have today? Here's the point. Adam sinned. He broke covenant with God and the blessing was lost because of his disobedience. But then Noah in chapter 6 found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Built an ark and was saved. But he lost the blessing when he came out of the ark and planted a vineyard and Reaped the, reaped the situation and the consequence from it, the fruit from it. Got drunk on it, went into his tent, committed sin. And Ham refused to cover up the sin. But then Abraham came. Abraham came. And God could use him because he found a man to cut covenant with. And here's what God said about Abraham in Genesis chapter 18. He said, I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and that they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment in their lives. Can I say, mom and dad, it's a great honor to pastor people in this church who honor the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and lead your kids to the house of God. I thank every great parent in this house and every parent ought to get a hand clap right now because your kids are following you to the house of the Lord in this place. Come on, America. 
America has stopped teaching our kids the good news. And we started listening to the lies of hell's bad news. In 1962, prayer was banned from public school. Bible reading was stopped in 1963 in our schools. The posting of the Ten Commandments was taken from public buildings in 1980. A recent survey indicates that only 13% of Americans still believe in the Ten Commandments. Nine out of ten people admit they lie regularly. And for $10 million, 7% of our people say they would kill a stranger. Really? But they wouldn't kill a whale. We're like Uncle George and Aunt Sarah and Mrs. Woodson who were sitting on a porch one summer afternoon. Two women began carrying on a conversation, a long conversation, trying to impress each other how religious and spiritual they both were. They droned on and on for hours. And afterwards, when Miss Woodson was gone, Aunt Sarah turned to Uncle George and she said, We both know that Mrs. Woodson is a good person, but don't you think I live a little closer to the Lord than she does? And Uncle George replied, I don't think either of you are crowding the Lord out any. We may call ourselves a Christian nation today, but I don't think we're crowding God out any. But I preach today we need to return as a nation to the God that we worshipped when we came on this soil for the first time over 200 years ago. Anybody want to agree with me on that and clap your hands and say, God, we return our thoughts. So how do we become as Christians, how do we hold on to our faith without becoming a nation of intolerant bigots? How do we do that? How do we hold on to our Christian faith? There's four things I want you to put on your refrigerator this week and look at them. They're good for you. Number one, be a good citizen, but put your faith in Jesus Christ. We need good people in the world. We need people that when they walk in the room, the room lights up. We need people that when, they, when, they, when you come in, you say hi to people. They look at you and say, where do you find that high? Where do you find that at? I was in the hospital the other day seeing a woman on the seventh floor, and I got in on the first floor, and the seventh floor is the top floor of South Austin. And when I get on an elevator, I don't face the door. I face the people. <laughs> How y'all doing today? Y'all doing all right? Everybody good? I said, you know, I see most every button is punched here. It looks like a Southwest airline. We're going to stop in every city. So just be good. Be patient. Let's all visit. How about it? <laughs> Who are you? Well, I'm a pastor up here to visit people. Anybody need prayer? <laughs> I've prayed for people on elevators before. It's all right to be a good citizen, but put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Daniel Webster said, whatever it is that makes good Christians makes them good citizens also. Vote regularly and wisely. Obey the law as long as it does not go against God's law. Pay your taxes honestly. Support government officials with prayer and encouragement. Run for office and make a difference. Pass along spiritual heritage to your children so that they have a sense of patriotism and appreciation for what God has done in this land. My dad and I used to be driving down the road, so help me. And we'd be listening to a ball game on the radio and they would play the national anthem. He'd say, put that hand on that heart, son. And if you don't do that, I'm going to stop make you get out there and stand while that thing's being played. I love a dad like that. Then he'd reach over and hug me and skin my head and say, I love you, boy, but I want you to love the country that you were born in. It's all right to be a good citizen, but put your faith in Jesus Christ. Number two, be repentant instead of blaming other people. 
be repentant. Second Chronicles said, if my people who are called by my name. He didn't say the pagans. He said his people that are called by his name would humble themselves and pray and seek his face. Let me tell you something. You know what overcomes worry? It's called worship. It's called prayer. The anonym of worry in your life is worshiping God in your prayer life. It's all right to get in the car every now and then, folks, and have a song of praise on your heart. It's all right to help road rage. Amen. It's all right to say, how great thou art. Mm, God help me. How great thou art. It's time that we become a repentant people. We can't live this life without repentance in our life. Paul said, I die every day. I die daily. I must bury this self. I must put this self down so the spirit can live. We must let the Spirit of God live in our life. We must be great citizens. We must be people of repentance. And the third thing, we must be courageous when we stand for truth. Don't be ashamed of who you are and your faith. What the world needs now is people that say, yes, yes. I'm a child of the King. I'm a believer. Because when you have the right attitude, people will say, what's he been drinking? You know, People in restaurants want people that are kind and are not stingy. Is that right, Alex? <laughs> they want people that are kind and are hospitable because there's so many people that have a mean streak in them. There shouldn't be a child of God in this house or any house in Austin, Texas that would walk out of the house of God today and have a mean streak in you. We ought to be the most pleasant people in all the world. Can I get a witness from the congregation? <laughs> Don't be ashamed of your faith. Daniel was a man that was in Babylon. In his book of Daniel, he was in Babylon and he prayed three times a day and somebody went and told him. They didn't have selfie pictures in that day in our photos. But they went and told the king, said, there's a man praying back to Jerusalem and you forbid that. And even though Darius didn't want to do it, he put Daniel in a den of lions. Not a lion's den. A lion's den you could handle because the lions may not be there. But a den of lions, it's hard to handle. And he put Daniel in there, and Daniel went to sleep on the mame of a lion. The next morning, Darius stayed up all night, and Daniel slept. And when Darius came and looked and said, how are you, Daniel? He said, the Lord God is alive, and he has taken care of me. I want people to know that we have a God that is alive and is taking care of us. Even when we walk through a den of iniquity in our world, we are a people that have a God that will take care of his people. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Fifty-six men signed the Declaration of Independence. Five of those were captured and tortured and killed. Twelve homes were looted and occupied. Two lost sons in the war, and nine of those men that signed died in the war. They were very courageous and stood for their beliefs. I think if they can do that for the Constitution, we can do that for this thing called the Word of God. Let's be bold warriors in the kingdom of God and represent our faith. Amen. And the fourth thing, be hopeful because all things are possible with God. We're just before the miracle of life, always. The miracle is our next step. The goodness is right around the corner. We need to pray for our Supreme Court and ask God to give us men and women that will interpret the law according to the God factor and the Word of God. It's important, folks. It really is to be hopeful. We need to live in hope. 
The Bible said it's the anchor of the soul. It's the thing that holds us together. When faith is gone, hope still holds on. And we must hope. We must believe that a better day's coming. Amen? We must believe that, that a better day's coming. I don't know where you stand today. I really don't. But I, I, I love America, but I'm kind of tired of the iniquity that's going on in America. And I really believe with all my heart that if this nation will pray, if this people will pray, God can turn this thing around. Because I found out, I checked out in the Bible, when hell rose up in heaven, hell lost. When Jesus Christ died and went to the bowels of the earth, he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He won in heaven. He won in hell. I've just got a feeling that the Lord's going to win on this earth when it's all said and done. And I want to be on the winning side. Are you with me? I want to be on the winning side. So I must be hopeful that all things are possible with my God. I close today. Every 4th of July at 2 p.m. Eastern to be one here on Tuesday. Children who are the descendants of the signers of the Declaration of Independence symbolically tap the Liberty Bell 13 times. While bells across the nation also ring 13 times in honor of the patriots of the original 13 states. Betsy Ross' home is in Philadelphia as well as Benjamin Franklin's grave is there. I've been there and I saw them all. There's $3,000 in pennies, $3,000 in pennies thrown on Franklin's grave every year. The reason he once said a penny saved is a penny earned. Franklin has made more money in his death than he ever did in his living <laughs> from pennies. There's an independence hall where the declaration was signed as well as the first building where the Supreme Court met and of course the building where the Liberty Bell is housed. What many people do not know is this, that the Liberty Bell had once nearly been bartered away as scrap metal. Back in 1828, the city fathers had decided to give the bell to a bell maker named John Wilbank in exchange for a replacement. And Wilbank agreed to knock $400 off the bill that he was charging the city for the exchange of the 2,000-pound relic. But when Wilbank went to collect the bell, he decided it wasn't even worth the trouble to move. The city sued him because they really didn't want it either. The only value to them was the $400 Wilbank had offered in exchange. And finally, Wilbank relented and bought the bell and then turned around and donated it back to the city. He didn't believe the bell was worth the trouble of hauling away. And frankly, he was right. The metal was substandard, and today you literally need to go through a metal detector, though, to see the Liberty Bell. And it still has a crack in it. I'm glad you don't have to go through a metal detector to get into the church. Every now and then people show up that's not all with us. But the Liberty Bell is valuable, not because of the inherent value as a bell, but because it rang one day when the Declaration of Independence was signed. And it still has value. It's now priceless because it had once been used to declare freedom. So on Wednesday or Tuesday of this, of this week, I'm saying to America, ring, freedom, ring. Let the bells of freedom ring in America. You know what I love about services like this today? Here's what I love about services like this. It's not, about, it's not about all about our souls and about our lives. It's about our country. And I think that when we get into services like this today, and it's, it's all right to preach this way today, but I think when we get into services like this, we walk out of here, and it's like we're at ground zero again. It's like we're saying, wow, I may have troubles, I may have anxieties, I may have problems, my job may not be going good, my family might not be right, but I promise you, 
I'm an honored person because I get to live in the greatest land in all the world, America. And I want to add a little, little footnote to that. And not only do we get to live in this country, people that sit in this building, there's another bell that rang one day called the cross of Jesus Christ. And the day that he died on a cross, I gained my freedom. And today and Monday and Tuesday, I will celebrate my independence in America. But I will celebrate my dependence on the Lord Jesus Christ also. Because without him, without the Lord in my life, I'm not here today. I love God with everything that's in my heart. And I love his church and I love this nation. And God bless America today. Randy, if you'll come. If you'll come, Randy. I'm going to do something kind of unique today. Would everybody please stand? I'm going to do something a little unique today. Give me an E-flat, Randy. Y'all ready? Everybody ready? Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming sing it now and the rockets Red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Can you sing the end? Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet right now we're saved in America come on we have a double cure America with Jesus hallelujah hallelujah well I could preach right now man man I feel good to be an American saved by the blood of Jesus Christ nothing like it in all the earth Bow your heads, you're awesome people. Father, I love you. And I thank you for today. Thank you for great, great people in America. I thank you because 
when the Sager family left to go to Oregon way back in the 1800s. And mom and dad died. Seven kids were left, the oldest one, 13. When everybody went to California and changed their direction, the Sager kids said, we'll go on to Oregon. And they went until they couldn't go anymore and they found a doctor's home that adopted all seven of them and gave them their liberty and their tomorrow. That's what I think about when I think about America. I think about people helping people. I think about folks taking care of folks. I think about people that can find a dream. I think about somebody that when they sail into New York Harbor and see Liberty Island and see that great statue of liberty, the wonderful words, give me your poor, your tired, your huddled masses yearning to be free. I think about how great this country is. God, I could have been born anywhere. But I was privileged to be born in America. I could pastor anywhere. But I'm privileged to pastor in Austin, Texas. And I love the people that you have assigned to my, to my ministry. I love these people. I really thank you for them, Lord. Let us be model Christians. Let us be great people. Let us be people that matter people that folks will look at and say wow whatever they have like the man on the bus today coming to church with his CLC shirt on and somebody saw it because he was kind they said wherever you're going I want to go to that church with you that's what it's about <laughs> that's what it's about it's about caring it's about loving it's about being Jesus wants us to be because we still believe we were founded on the principles of the Word of God and we will be established forever because we are built on the foundation of the Word of God. I thank you for these precious people. Let them enjoy a great Fourth of July. Let them enjoy the benefits and the blessings of family. And let them have great, great hamburgers and hot dogs. And I pray that sweetly, Lord, not money. That ain't money. I pray that sweetly. Let them enjoy God bless them. Bring us back Wednesday night for a new series on gates. And next Sunday for a new series on fresh air. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. For your glory. Everybody said amen.